0: Todd Furman, you win money on uh, Auburn last night?
1: No, I didn't. But if you told me that Auburn's offense in college basketball was going to be more explosive than what we've seen on the football field the last couple of years, I could have made a few bucks. Who knew, Don, if you win <laughs> Who knew, Don that you went to a basketball school first and foremost? Because uh, yeah. I'm not sure an Iron Bull victory is in the near future for the football team. Well,
0: I mean, our basketball coach makes more than our football coach now, so we are a hoop school, apparently. Yes.
1: As he pr- as he probably should, given there's actual stability on the hardwoods and compared to the gridiron. Where <laughs> the I have a hot. slight suspicion <laughs> that Brian Harstein may not be long for that particular post.
0: Mm. I mean, five coordinators in two seasons, Todd? I mean, what's the over-under on that total by the end of uh, 2022 season?
1: I mean, and everybody knows when you bring in Kevin Steele, the goal is stability, right, in the grand scheme of things throughout the uh, country. So, I mean, we'll see how long he lasts in Miami, but clearly everything is not right on the plains. We'll give Brian Harsin the benefit of the doubt, though, but I would set the over-under on seasons. He's down there as Auburn's head football coach. It's a shade more than a year if he can withstand this season. How
0: much of a Cinderella is this Cincinnati team? When we, when we look back, like in, in the off season going into this season, or maybe when they were 7-6 and six and they'd just been blown out by the Chargers, what? How how much of an outlier is this?
1: Oh, it definitely uh, deserves a ton of credit. I mean, you haven't seen a team with this long a price tag get to the Super Bowl since the Rams did it as the greatest show on turf way back in 1999. Yeah, we know that one. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that Super Bowl was. Uh, But you also dig into some of the metrics that the Bengals have put forth through three playoff games, and they leave you scratching your head because they've been outgained from a raw yardage standpoint and net yards per play against the Raiders. Uh, and against the Tennessee Titans. Then they come up find a way to battle back against the Kansas City Chiefs, facing a 21-3 to deficit. Teams that had an 18-point lead or more in the NFL this year before Sunday were 115-1. and The only team that erased that kind of deficit was the Baltimore Ravens against the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. So it just goes to show that this team believes in themselves. They got a little bit of fairy dust working in their favor. We'll see if that's enough to protect Joe Burrow against the tenacious pass rush of the Los Angeles Rams.
0: I love the Rams, but uh, Matthew Stafford does make me really nervous a couple, three times a game.
1: Well, there's no doubt about it. I think when you look at Matthew Stafford and some of his poor decision-making, uh, you can understand those interceptable throws. He, he obviously dodged a bullet with whiskey Tart, dropping the ball right in his chest at had all the potential to change the trajectory of that particular football game. But to Stafford's credit, he finally is able to shake some of those demons that plagued him as a member of the Lions. He doesn't have to do it all on his own in this game. They should be able to run the football. They should be able to do enough defensively. And that's part of the reason you've seen this number that opened three and a half leak out into four and a half and maybe even five before we're talking at this time next week.
0: Mm. At At what point do you push back?
1: Uh, At six, it becomes a slightly different handicap Uh, for me when I look at this particular number. Then you begin to try and figure out where the Bengals can have an advantage. One of the big storylines, though, that I don't think the casual fan will follow that's definitely going to have an impact, without C.J. Uzoma out there at the tight end position, there is a Mm -hmm. massive drop-off to Drew Sample, his backup, and I think it changes some of what Cincinnati can do as far as sustaining drives, being able to work over the middle of the field if you assume that the Rams are going to do what Kansas City did and try and neutralize Jamar Chase and force somebody else wearing the Bengals black and white to beat them.
0: Man, Todd, you you threw me for a little curveball right there. Six is a lot. I I thought if we got the five, I I might roll with the Bengals if we got the five. I see, yeah, I mean, like I'm mean, i not sure it's
1: going to get to six play, mm-hmm. But when you talk about some of the key numbers Out there, I mean, we know about three uh, We know about seven, but once you get Through four, there's mm-hmm. nothing to stop some of That momentum from going from four and a half mm-hmm. pe- Bypassing five, getting to five and a half True. So maybe there's a scenario where books Have a little bit of liability going to the Rams That they would dangle a six out there and try And see if there was at least an appetite from professional Betters to kind of take it back
0: So at five, you still like the Rams
1: Yeah, at five, mm-hmm. it doesn't change the handicap for me oh, And okay. to be quite honest Uh, If I'm betting this game and I haven't bet it yet, uh, the only way for me to look would be at the Rams' money line, hoping that that price comes down, because we've talked about this at great lengths, Brent, and this may be a little bit newer to you, Slay. When you look at the way that the Super Bowl gets bet, typically people will walk to the window, they want to bet the favorite, they'll lay the points, they want to bet the underdog, they'll bet them on the money line. So Mm -hmm. you'll get a distorted money line in play here that you actually can save a few cents betting the favorite just to win, more so than laying the points.
0: Gotcha interesting Uh uh-huh put that in my rolodex. do you dive into all the crazy props that we'll all start to see between now and the next time you're on with us
1: yeah definitely i mean we'll look at a lot of the player props that are out there try and isolate a matchup or two where we think a player is either overvalued or undervalued it's not typically the top line numbers for you know will cooper cup score a touchdown i'm not going to lay that price even if i believe there's a high probability it's going to happen more often than not when i build out my prop Uh, profile and portfolio for the super bowl it's probably about 65 to 70 percent under bets uh than it is rooting for things to happen i love nothing more typically when i watch the big game on super bowl sunday to root for a contest that ends three nothing where both teams have 37 (laughs) total yards of offense because more often than not that's going to correlate to me having a good day at the window
0: (laughs) especially in a lightning bet right (laughs) that would be amazing
1: uh, <laughs> hey i mean that's the whole thing i mean everybody loves for high scoring games they love to root for offense right. and a lot of those fantasy football type stats but odds makers know that and typically they're going to inflate a lot of those price tags so when you're talking about a cooper cup you're talking about a jamar chase professional bettors don't bet them under you know five days before the game they wait till about 45 minutes before when the public's driven up those price tags and that's where they can come in over the top you tell me something
0: where are we with the Titans? Uh, do we have NFL futures for next year yet?
1: Yeah, we do have some prices available, and uh, I'm not sure if Titans fans are optimistic that Ryan Tannehill can be the man to take them over the top or not. But when you look out top to bottom, it is the Buffalo Bills listed as the favorite. Uh, they're out there in single digits. Tennessee checks in with a group of teams right around 20-1. to 1. Obviously, every sports book will vary a little bit, but it puts them in a class of so the Chargers. The Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Arizona Cardinals. And while I think a lot of people would be surprised to go, wait a second, that the Bengals are sitting at twenty to one, I can tell you that if the Bengals' win total comes out inflated next year, that it's going to be one of the more popular bets from professional bettors looking to go under, knowing that the Bengals' schedule will not be consistent with the team that we saw on a week in, week out basis.
0: Mm. What about Preds Cup chances as we sit here at the All Star break? Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, the team has definitely played well. I mean, you look at some of the grit they showed last night, it wasn't exactly the best performance in the first period out from UC Soros and company, but they settled down nicely and were able to get a little bit of separation against the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, when you're looking at the NHL landscape, I mean, books have done everything they can to inflate the price on the Colorado Avalanche. at FanDuel right now, they're 4.5-1. But I think the Avs are a team that's a little bit flawed. Yes, they have the star power up front. I'm not sure Pavel Francouz and Darcy Kemper give them the backbone that they need. So when you're looking to try and find teams in the Western Conference, I think the Preds would be a very difficult out, the same way that I think the Minnesota Wild could give Colorado all they can handle and then some. So the Preds right now are priced at 25-1, to 1 and it puts them mm-hmm. in a group of as far as Western Conference teams. With the Minnesota Wild a shade better at 22-1, to 1, Calgary at 25, and then you're talking about the Dallas Stars and Edmonton Oilers right behind them at 40. That,
0: that was one of your bets in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You said there's value in the Predators to make the playoffs. Um, so. Yeah, I'm
1: hoping they're able to continue some of Ford, uh, all all that being equal, uh, I definitely wasn't optimistic about Matthew Shane having a career renaissance (laughs) like he's done. We know what Phil Forsberg can do when he's healthy, and I think having those two as a one-two punch, along with that level of physicality they bring on a nightly basis, it's been a fun team to watch that doesn't get enough credit, uh, especially when you have a guy that may assert himself in the Calder Cup race, or uh, in the Calder race, in Tanner And
0: And and it's a lot of fun when you got a guy that's over here betting on him like me. Yeah, I mean, Slay,
1: I'm sure you've been able to profit quite handsomely, you yeah, know, betting on the Fred. Right. Uh, I know you're a puck-line guy more than anything else, so you probably got a little bit of sweat out of it when Vancouver pulls the goalie with about two and a half, three minutes to go.
0: Yeah, and, and guess what, Todd? What, I, what I've started to do, if I don't bet yeah. the money line with the priz and I bet with the um, the points, then I don't watch. Is <laughs> that simple? That's what can't, I did last go. night. I can't. That's why they legalize sports gambling.
1: <laughs> hey, the, the other way to try and do things, slay. I mean, if you're always worried about, you know, the price on the money line, you like to lay a puck and a half. You can bet part of your position on the money line, part at minus one and a half. That way, if the Preds at least win the game, you can negate some of the damage that the juice will do if they win by oh, exactly man. one. It's more or less a wash for you.
0: Todd, you came along at the right time, right before the spring. Todd, <laughs> real, real quick, Grizzlies and NBA Finals. Yes.
1: Hey, I mean, uh, it's been a hell of a story to watch. I mean, John Morant, you've seen his odds shorten substantially from where they were uh, at the beginning of the season. I mean, he's just inserted himself right in that MVP discussion. Yep. The Grizz right now, 30-1 to 1, uh, to win the NBA championship, and when you look at the Western Conference, the Lakers are shorter odds, but that's as much them being a public team. You couldn't pay me to back the Lakers at 18-1 to right now, given the dumpster fire we've seen there. <laughs> the Jazz, they're scuffling a bit, but you have to think that Donovan Mitchell will be healthy at some point returning from the concussion, although the loss of Joe Ingles, I think, will loom large. So I would throw them out of the mix. I mean, Memphis, despite having you know, experience working against them, no reason to believe that they can't be the third-best team in the West behind Golden State and Phoenix.
0: Champion coming from the East?
1: Uh, when I look at it right now, honestly, I'd be more than happy to fade some of that Brooklyn net stock that's mm-hmm. out there. I keep waiting for the Bucks to click it in high gear. If you're trying to find a little bit of value, uh, if, assuming that the 76ers would still consider shopping Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and trying to get an extra piece to put them over the top, uh, I think the Sixers and Heat are arguably the two best bets as far as numbers are concerned when you're looking to find a team coming from off the pace. I'm not convinced that Brooklyn deserves to be a 3-1 to favorite because there's no guarantee that Kyrie will be able to play home games for mm-hmm. them even in the postseason. And my f- overall feeling when I watch this team is this is an, an experiment that's gone completely off the track, uh, and they're wilting under some of the pressure that they have on them to be this super team.
0: Love it. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate you. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks, All right, Todd Furman, Bet the Board Podcast. You need to check that out. Man, I wanted to dive in some more of